0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Cue the Duck Boats podcast. Joined by both of my co hosts today, Mr. Connor Green and Mr. Kevin Santangelo. What up? What up, what up? I purposely just put your name so bad. I love the look you're giving me. Kevin, give us a famous number 31 for our 31st podcast on this beautiful July 5th, Tuesday night at 9.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, great fear.
0: Good one, Kev. Good one. You use the Google bot for that, or you remember watching old Grant play?
1: No, I used the Connor bot for that
0: one. Oh, all right. Heard about that. How you guys doing? How was your 4th of July's?
1: Uh, it, was it was pretty okay. good.
2: Mine was a rain delay, so mine kind of stinks, but uh, maybe Kevin
1: has something better than me.
0: Did you do anything, Kevin, or did you just work?
1: No, I worked 12 hours protecting America. I had a really, I mean. Somebody's got to do it.
0: Yeah, I woke up and I was bringing my fiance or going with my fiance and her uncle. They were running a 5.5 mile race and I did not sign up for that. And I got there and I was like, well, this is gonna be a boring forty five minutes while I wait for them to finish this race and I stand here with everyone who's running in a race awkwardly. So I signed myself up and I ran a one point eight mile race with children and old people. I finished second in my age group and nineteenth overall out of like
1: ninety people.
0: Oh but just yeah. remember,
1: what? I say, Oh, you guys are one of those families. They always say you gotta check out the girls' family first. Are they the type of people that run a five K on Thanksgiving? If yes, get the hell out of there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no yeah just it's really just her uncle dave shout out uncle dave we're getting ready we have our spartan race on saturday so they were trying to do like one last tune up before we do it and um yeah i ran 1.8 miles it was so funny like you start with the whole group so i'm running with all people like our age like people who are like decently in shape and like i'm running with them and then it's like there's a little cop and the cops pointing like this way for the 1.8 mile people, and I go and suddenly I'm looking around and it's like somebody's grandfather, a bunch of children, <laughs> a girl in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so like, well, how many kid little knows. kids smoked you in this, wait, wait, so this is 20? Not many, not many, because I finished in 19th. So like I not a like, big deal. We're, yeah, we're like climbing this hill, right? And I'm getting passed by like little kid after little kid after little kid, and I'm like, oh no. Then when we get to the top of the hill. I just started running right by him and all the kids were hiding, like holding the side of their stomachs and stuff. And I was like, yeah, a war of attrition, kids, a war of attrition. You'll learn one day. And I ran in. I <laughs> Too was many like
2: freaking donuts. this Yeah. Morning. I was mm-hmm. running
0: next to this guy for like, probably like, I mean, the whole race only took me 16 minutes, humble brag, but the, and which is not fast. Like I'm not a fast runner by any means. Like don't be fooled here. I, if I ran the 5.5 mile race, I probably would've came in last. For just an idea of my fitness. But so, were you
2: like a sprinter then? Long distance? Yeah, is, like I can thing.
0: run, like, like I, I mean, I, I ran like 854 miles, but I can, like, I can run for two miles straight. But like I was like running with, like, next to this guy and he just had like a wolfhound and it was just running on the side of me. And it was, that was fun. Next year I'm going to do it with my dog. I guess that's, that was my fourth. My third of July was pretty cool before we get into hockey. So we went out on, um, out on like my fiance's family's pond and we were out there it's it's not their pond it's a pond to live on (laughs) and we went out there and we went out for a boat ride you can say if you want to say okay we're good um and we went around like a turn and suddenly we just saw like two kayaks with a big piece of wood on it that they turned into a firework barge we rounded the next corner another barge another barge we're like no way so we turned around and we went and grabbed our cooler Went back out the boat and we watched the most redneck fireworks show. They did fireworks for like thirty minutes. These people probably dropped a couple of G's. There was like another show that was behind the boat, and it was even a little bit more rednecky. And I we watched a guy drop a mortar, the mortar tube fall, rip into his neighbor's house and blow up right on the front of it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was it was just like there was like smoke coming from everywhere. We turned back around in the barge we're watching the fireworks from completely engulfed in flames. And there's just fireworks ripping out of it. Now. Just, there's like fire everywhere. And we were just on the water. And I just started singing smoke on the water. It seemed like the right move, but all right, let's get into some hockey. Let's get into some hockey and we can jump right into our newly minted dirty water segment. Obviously, since the last time we talked, there's been some huge Bruins news, right? We have, we've hired a coach and we've hired a good coach, a coach that by all accounts has turned his life around completely from where we saw him a few years ago. And obviously like none of the three of us are faulting anyone for addiction or anything like that. And I think all three of us are actually pretty happy to see that the Bruins hired Jim Montgomery. I'll let you start Connor.
2: Well, for starters, I need to take a pause on this coaching conversation because Jake totally just pretended like that didn't happen with playing that little video there. I'm going to make Jake clip this tomorrow and post this on our social media so you guys can see it too because that was fresh. However, maybe it's just me and I'm a pessimist when it comes to front office and coaching staff, but I'm not eh. – I'm not wowed with the coaching decision. I'm just –
1: Yeah, no,
0: I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like, whoa, like, we got the best coach available, but he's not a bad coach. And I think he could be a guy who could deliver a strong message to this locker room. And if we're not rebuilding, we need a guy who's going to be able to push the veterans. And I think that's the point, right? Yeah, we're not rebuilding.
2: I'm stuck. Like, you fired Bruce Cassidy, and it seemed like Patrice Bergeron wasn't coming back, and the Bruins were lulling me with their seven days of Mr. Selkie posts into a sense of he's not coming back and we're probably going to rebuild. And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? It was a great run in the last decade. And we're probably going to see some big changes. And then, boom, here comes Jim Montgomery and Patrice Bergeron fucking barging through the door. Oh, sorry, I just cussed. Oops.
1: I thought uh, thought Bergeron was going to go to Carolina. I no, that was crazy. That was crazy, you
0: said. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. That's not happening. That <laughs> but still, I mean, we have we're going to talk about Krejci next, Kev. Way to mess that up. But yeah, no, I mean, oh, yeah. right, Montgomery's not some the. Time f- off not well the a bit. All right, I'm talking. Not the flashiest Ooh. option. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but like, I think he's. I think he could be a guy who can really deliver that message for the Bruins. At the same time, I agree with you. Like, it seems that we need to pivot our thinking from accepting that a rebuild's going to happen to. We're going to go for it one more time. This is going to be the last kick of the can. And that brings me into the topic that Kev just brought up. Is David Krejci coming back to this Bruins team? It seems like all directions are pointing towards he just may be.
2: It seems like all of the weird, funky signs, like Kevin Weeks throwing it out there, that he could make a return to the Bruins. Although, sorry, Kevin, you've been missing the ball a little bit recently, so who knows there, but... On top of David Pasternak posting all those uh, videos on Instagram of them together and things like that, everything points to a yes. I haven't seen anything that points towards no. And that's kind of where I'm stuck. Do I think he's going to come back? I'm 50-50 still. But do I hope he comes back? Yeah, absolutely. But I wish it was for a third-line center, not a uh, a stopgap for one year at the second-line center. but. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess.
0: I mean, we can just keep that rolling if you want. We can roll it right into Vincent Trocek plays center, correct? Yeah. Yes. He wouldn't be your third line center, would he? I don't know. I mean, How about he'll a... probably
2: make more than five two five, which is our yeah. current third line center.
0: How about <laughs> another guy? We heard the Bruins are kind of going after. That's a center. Before we get in the other two, Nazem Kadri. Ooh. If those guys are in the talks, and Krejci's in the talks to come back, those are some legit centers. What are the Bruins going to do with Charlie Coyle? What They're are they going to do? Are we moving both those guys to the wing on what line? Because you still have Craig Smith. Are we ever going to let Trent Frederick play a role? What about Jack There There's so many questions. And the biggest thing with all this is I'm hoping that we have a new voice and we have a new man to make opinions. I hope Jim Montgomery comes in here and he actually puts the best players on the ice, not the guys he has the best relationships with. And I'm not saying Bruce did that, but just a coach, right? Like you build relationship with your guys and it's that simple. And there are guys who have earned that respect to play for you.
2: Bruce was already part of the system.
0: Yeah. That was exactly. his
2: problem. So he was already baked into this leadership core. Agreed. So Obviously there was a lot of issues with Cassidy's coaching style and the younger players, but to be honest with you, with the whole, you know, run it back moniker going on here and Jim Montgomery coming in, he's not a rookie coach per se. He's not like a Jay Leach, for example, not somebody just coming up. He's somebody that's a little bit more established with what he's done in his career. And, to me, it doesn't scream that Stanika or Trent Frederick or maybe even Oscar Steen is really going to get a sniff at the NHL this year.
0: Unless I mean. they earn it. I mean, Frederick will be in the lineup. I think he, he proved he deserves to be there. I don't, I'm just hoping he can carve out a true third-line role and can show us the player he's going to be. I still stand strong in my take that if you look at Tom Wilson's career stats and you look at Frederick's, they're pretty similar through the first couple of years. They really are. And I think Frederick can mold himself into that type of player. But that's fully opportunity-based. So we'll see if he gets Uh it. I do think that Montgomery – so Montgomery likes a hard – a guy who plays hard but with offensive ability. And Frederick does have that. Tyler Sagan had his best statistical year under Montgomery. You know, he he led the team points. It might not have been his best year. I think he had like 87 points. He, He was very efficient under Montgomery. And it was a year where Sagan was getting like Really credited for playing good two-way hockey and still having very offensive year. I'm hoping we see Montgomery do that with guys like DeBrusk. Get really push him to the next step. How about Jack technique? I really like to see him be a player in this team this year. He's restricted free agent. Get him signed to something. But I feel like it's going to be
2: a huge July for the Big Boston July. Bruins. Big July. Like we we all know now that this is probably the last year. If not, you're going to keep hearing the same thing every offseason. This is it. This is the last year for the next unless, however long. Unless, unless they win it.
0: Or they get a pivot who can pivot us into – they get a guy who can be that next center Yeah, year. You have so, to do it. You're either rebuilding on the fly right now or we're, we're tearing it down in a year or two. We have to. There's no other for,
2: – For your question of – you know, where are you going to play these guys? You're going to move a coil or a hollow to the wing. You have to you
0: know, you move them I off think, the team.
2: Well, last off season, when Sweeney went and did all of his big spending on the bottom six and we all, you know, yay, rah, rah, go Sweeney about addressing, you know, the bottom six needs, he signed most of them to two year deals. So they only have one year left and they are pretty easily tradable. None of these contracts are, you know, a big albatross. The biggest one is Nick Felino at 3.8, yeah. that's which it's not crazy, but for somebody who's played as poorly as he did, yes, but he could come out this year and score 15 goals, and we could. would all look like clowns.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like – so I would rather see them move Coyle than I would Felino. It's weird, right? Just because I don't think there's going to be a spot for Coil in this lineup if the Bruins build to win a cup. Felino can play that – I'll, I'll disagree with, with that. Okay.
2: I'll disagree with or that. Are you saying move him to the wing? No. I, so the 11-12-13 line that we had. Was very good. Was killer. If they could play like that and be that solid third line, especially in a postseason push, all you, all you would need at that point is a second line center.
0: But is that would you do you want that to be crazy, or would you rather be someone younger with term?
2: I think Krejci's still got it. One year outside of the NHL isn't going to lose a step for Krejci. Yeah, no, especially I don't with being that his talent that sets him apart is how he completely slows the game down and takes all the speed advantage away.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. I just I think we have to start to look for the future at the same time. Kev, how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, no, it's tough because like Connor was saying, Krejci slows game down, and when you have him. On the same line with Taylor Hall and David Posternock, it's they're going to produce no matter what. Crazy's going to be sit there, he's going to feed them, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. It's just you're going to have pasta by his best season. That was a big thing. Creature always talked to he goes, Cassie never let me play with pasta. It's uh-huh. now you give them if they stay healthy and both of them play 82 games together, Jeez. that could be that could be insane. It's, Better sign pasta to that extension real early. Right, exactly. Because yeah. if Krejci comes back, Paz is going to pop off. Like, and do you think – 50 like, plus goals. Look how if they the look Bruins, together playing
0: world championships.
2: True. If the Bruins fun, go out the there thing. and they try to land a number two center, do you think that they're going to go to Krejci and say, hey, we want you to come play on our third line with a mix of Coyle, Smith, and Frederick? He's going to say, Get lost. I would oh, rather go back home.
0: You sure, though? Like, what if he wants to come back to the U.S.? He might do that, play the third line, because they're going to be his better than we who Right check.
2: His whole gripe for the last, like, five years yeah. was he never yeah. got to play with talented players. No, I agree. So, here's
1: the thing. Say you sign that second-line center of the future, but for one year you just put him on the third line. Let like, could you come back for one year and send it, and then it's...
0: It's hard to make that work, man. Like, you're not yeah, but ready.
2: then you've got to justify how you're going to put Charlie Coyle at five two five and Vinny Trocheck at 6-5 yeah. and then Craig Smith at like 3 to four million on your Wait, third line. Well, like That's you ridiculous. Get, you,
1: have, you have to get rid
2: of
0: Coyle at that point. You have to get rid of somebody. You do. And the Bruins seem like, I mean, they have to get rid of somebody this year. And we know that. They know that. Like, you can't just keep rolling out the same locker room. Like, we need a big change here. It, I mean – there's a lot of guys, right? We heard Tyler Bertuzzi. We heard uh Marshment's name out there. There are names who are out there who are impact players. And it's just going to be seeing who Don can sign and who we can make trades for. And it's going to be a long summer, but I hope it's eventful.
2: It's
1: Kevin, crazy. this
2: is, this is your time to shine. I know you have been following all of these trade rumors and signings and oh, whatnot. I've been
1: killing it on the trade rumor, Mark. Bust it but, down. No. So it's, my craziest one though is for Nazim uh, Kadu, and I forget who reported. Bruins are one of the teams ready to stroke the check for eight to ten million. Oh, Nick Kiprios reported that. Yeah, that's like they ain't dropping ten bills on that. That's just
0: if so, they uh, give Kadri ten million, and they even give <laughs> Pasta any pushback in the world, I, I I wouldn't even be able to understand that. It would be like, please fire. Don Sweeney instantly. I don't like, I don't like what else is like,
1: where's
2: that 10 million come from? Yeah. I mean, I think you're, I think you're more looking on the lower end of that. Somewhere between eight and 8.5. I've seen some other reporters out there kind of suggesting the same thing. And he would take even less if he can stay in Colorado and sign an eight year deal. The whole issue there is, Are do you really want to sign Kadri to a seven-year, eight-million-dollar deal, and he's going to be 39 at the end?
0: No way. Right. Like thats I don't want Kadri for more than three years. Three or four, max. Yeah. You would
2: probably have to pay him, like, 11 to 12 million a year. I know. So for three get that years. Deal.
0: But, like, I, I just better, you better be able to move him at the end of that. No, no movement costs is coming down.
2: Or just hope that the cap goes up so much with all the the new happenings in the NHL that you just kind of yeah. gain your way out of it, I guess.
0: That's very possible. It is. I mean, very the possible.
2: cap is supposed to go up about ten million dollars in twenty twenty five.
0: Yeah, which is a huge, huge.
2: That's insane. That's an eighth of our current salary cap. Like what?
0: Yeah, it'd be that'd be very large. And I think season. that's
1: what. Now, then, you these NBA players signing. Deals are worth, yeah. like, five times the cap. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like it just court-ish.
0: shows you the
2: peanuts we get in the NHL.
0: I can't remember who it was. I read an article about a backup quarterback who's played five snaps, and he's made Chase 40 sh- mil. Chase Daniels. That's what I was going to say. He's made 40 mil off five snaps. Yeah. Shout out no, to that, man. five starts. Oh, I thought it was five snaps. I was no, like, five
1: starts in 13 years. Badass.
0: Let's get off this topic. Let's jump into a little Stanley Cup update, right? Our last podcast, we said the Avs were probably going to win the Cup. I said Makar was going to win the Conn Smythe. All that happened. Um, per usual, I was right. The Avalanche are partying it up. Good to see. I'm happy to see this Avalanche team win and celebrate. They're a hard team to hate. They really were. They're just like a hard and super-skilled team. Pretty happy to see them win.
2: Outside of absolutely bludgeoning the Stanley Cup at every chance that they get, as far as uh, Abe Kubel dropping it, or falling with it and dropping it onto the ice and denting the bottom of it right after they won it. Then I believe uh, Curtis McDermott, I think it was, was in a club and he was plastered, falling backwards. Went down. Ding! I mean, they're they're living it up. They're ripping it up. Good to see it. I mean, glad for them. And thank you for doing us the service of making sure that the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't win it three times in a row, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, shoot, Kale McCars, the Con Smythe, was kind of a, uh, a no brainer at that point, huh?
0: Yeah, it was his. He's so dominant. And, like, I just I didn't watch that much of them this year till the final or till the playoffs, really. And just watching the way he skates and moves the puck, like, I no longer can argue about who the best defenseman in the NHL is. And it's not like he lays the wood on people, too. Like, he can hit, he can defend, he can skate, and he creates offense all on his own. He is the best defenseman I think I've watched in my lifetime. Thus far. Yeah, correct. Thus far. There could be better players coming along. He could – and, you know, I mean, do you remember – and it's people are like he's going to break every record and everything. Do you remember a young P.K. Subban? I'm not saying he was anywhere near the level of Makar, but I we didn't expect him to fall it. off
2: – a young P.K. Subban. Yeah,
0: but we didn't think he was going to fall off the cliff as soon – as quick as he did. Same thing could happen to Makar. One bad check – he ain't moving the way he moves. I would never wish that on anybody, but I, I'm, I'm not quick to call someone the next Bobby Orr. I'm not quick to call yeah. someone generational. You know what I mean? Like it takes a long way. McDavid's great. McDavid's still not the best player to play since we've been watching hockey. It's still Sidney Crosby. Like on achievements and on what he's done for the game, McDavid has a long way to go. And you have to battle through concussions like Crosby. You have to battle through major injuries to become that staple best player ever. Mario Lemieux mm-hmm. didn't get there. Whether it was you know he was sick and he hurt his knees, things like that, he could have been the greatest ever, but he didn't get there. So that's still Gretzky's title. You have to uh, you, you have to have a lot of luck, and you need the. World I would make the ladies. argument
2: that like one of the best NHL players of our generation is honestly Andre Vasilevsky.
0: he's a generational talent without a doubt. He's a hundred percent a generational talent.
2: Like Peace. if you put Vasilevsky on the Oilers this year,
0: they win the cup hands they down.
2: They won this. They won the Stanley Cup. If you put him on any team that made the playoffs this postseason, uh, they probably win the cup. They're in the
0: cup. I don't know if they win because they still have to beat Colorado, who beat a very good Tampa team, but a beat up Tampa team.
2: Yeah, Tampa a, a was beat to stop. Tampa, Tampa was team.
0: beat up. Like they really were so beat up.
2: Thankfully, so thankfully, sorry, yeah, thankfully. They, yeah, they would have won again. <laughs> and I that could not healthy, suffer through Pat Maroon winning oh. four Stanley Cups in a row with being a complete useless mm-hmm. body.
0: Absolute plug, but he just keeps finding that outlet. Let's – uh, well, you know, a little more news with Tampa and kind of the from the salt of the East section here. Nick Paul signed a seven-year 3.15 AAV extension in Tampa Bay. Nick Paul is the glue guy who I think is going to – hold that team together for a couple more years. He really is. He, that was a good contract. Um, smart for him to sign a seven-year deal. That was a good move on his part. Like You got to respect that move for him.
2: And what's wild is uh, the reports out of Ottawa were that they weren't even offering him 2.5 a year. Yeah. And what's even better for him is he's in Florida now where it's no state no tax, state tax. <laughs> instead of in Canada where he's getting bent over. So, yeah. I mean – He's making out like a bandit. He's going to play on a really good team. He's going to have a phenomenal area in Tampa Bay. And no state tax, and he caught the bag. I mean, and he's going
0: to be like – and for them, they're going to get like a 15-goal scorer that's making 3.15 for the next seven years. It's going to look like such a bargain in like four years, three years. It's another Yanni name.
2: Gord
0: or – Yeah, he's 27. Um, like it's, it's going to take him to 34. He'll probably – at 34, he'll either be done or he'll go play on someone's fourth line. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like,
2: And, I mean, like, probably yeah. at year four or five of this contract, the Tampa Bay Lightning will probably be pretty not relevant. they will be trading him. Yeah.
0: So, so. Was, But he's going to get to live in Tampa, and he's guaranteed money for a while. Great deal. Great deal for everyone. The other news out of Tampa is McDonough got traded to Nashville for Felipe Myers and Prospect. The biggest surprise out of this, the biggest surprise out of this is Tampa coming out and being like, Oh, we're not buying out Myers, we're gonna play him. But I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that was weird, yeah. Like, oh, weird we flex. believe in this
2: player a lot and his skill. And yeah, I, don't, I don't know, it, it doesn't make sense. And to be honest, Philippe Myers haven't seen a ton out of him to really even make it a household name. So, two and a half million dollars on a team that's I believe, what, a million over the cap or a million under the cap at this point?
1: He's not like, – Yeah, we pulled it up.
0: He's not – he's not terrible at all. He's young. He's 25. He's big. He's 6'5", 210. He looked pretty good. Like, I, I remember watching him play in nineteen twenty, and that was his best season. He was plus 17. He had 16 points. He's a decent, you know, guy who could skate all right and play defense pretty good. He hasn't looked as good the last two years, but I haven't watched much Myers, to be honest with you. But I do think Tampa has some good defensemen you can learn from there and Serkachev and Sarnak and obviously Victor Hedman. He could be okay. They're really good. I just thought for sure they were purely trying to open up cap space. you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, we should probably say it for the people that don't know. If Tampa Bay were to buy out Myers, they would get a cap – credit this year of over six hundred thousand dollars and then they would get a cap penalty next year of roughly the same amount. Yeah,
1: so they, they would gain six
2: hundred thousand additional cap space on top of the two point five and then next year they would take the ding. So I don't know. It's each their own but a six foot five defenseman, you know, he goes and he plays with Tampa Bay. He'll probably <laughs> be in the Norris <laughs> contention in three years. Yeah, like, what
0: if he just make like, You know, he could he could be just fine. I don't. Tampa has a way with players. They make grinders better, and it I doesn't mean, matter what position you're playing, they help you out. So yeah, I think it'll be good. Must be all the massage parlors down there. Oh
2: god. <laughs> okay, Robert Kraft, Deshaun yeah. Watson. <laughs>
0: just,
1: <ooh>. um,
2: <laughs> but anyway. I think for, for me, the McDonough deal, I don't even factor the Predators into this at all. When I think of McDonough being traded, I think of, oh my, here we go again. It gets worse and worse and worse in Tampa Bay. And it's like the, the death of a thousand cuts. How many years in a row can you continue to do this and lose guys like Goodrow, Coleman, uh, McDonough, uh Yanni Gord, you know how can you keep losing Tyler those Johnson players? Was major
0: piece of their their team years ago.
2: Yes, but to be course, fair, yeah, and they were like, like, yeah, yeah, I know they're
0: useless. Just, but here's the thing: they have a deal with the devil because Tampa needs to get rid of a contract. Somebody steps up and helps them every time. Every time, they, they, I mean, I don't. It always works out for them. So it's I'm that's what I don't get time.
2: about the Boston Bruins in this whole uh, Nick Felino saga.
0: Because Don Sweeney isn't as light as Brisbois.
2: I mean, maybe, or maybe the owner doesn't want to swallow the fact that he can do a buyout and just pay this guy to leave.
0: Yeah, probably not.
2: And help the team out. He's the Jacobs are cheap. We know that. Yeah, but ah, uh, it's so annoying. It's a good time. Teams like this get bailed out constantly. And yeah, yeah
0: you never, here, can, never can. And I mean, it's Google not first even first just pick. the
2: Bruins. I mean, there's plenty of other teams out here who they look at their general manager like, dear Lord, look at all these teams doing these things. And you're not doing anything like it to help our team. It is so frustrating.
0: Yeah, it is. Good time to segue right into the, our Wild Wild West segment where we cover the Western Conference of the NHL. And I'm going to start it off with a little off the board topic here. The Nashville Predators to me. Our team, who could be all right again next year, as long as Duchesne and Johansson play the way they did this year. Like, if you really look through their? Have you looked at their stats? Yeah, like, screw you know, it. If you, you don't like, need
2: Philip Forsberg at all. I'll see you later. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, that's going to be the biggest <laughs> problem, right? Losing him <laughs> is going to be huge. I know that 40 Their D, their decor is going to be pretty solid. They're going to have a pretty core, good decor.
2: They always have a good defensive yeah, core. Like, I mean, they're always.
0: They, I really like this, this team. Obviously, losing fourth is going to be major. I know that. I had 84 points in 69 games. Matthew Shane at 86. Big bounce back year for Matthew Shane, a guy who I really thought might be like just in a very weird spot, you know. And he he came back and had a really, really strong year. And I'm happy to see that for Matthew Shane. He's a guy I kind of like, always have. But um, National Predators, is interesting. I mean, Anything since Fossil's we're –
2: since we're going off the board with the Nashville Predators, can we just take a second to talk about how ridiculous it is for Nashville and their defensemen? Like, if you're an NHL team and you want a defenseman who you think is going to be solid in four to five years, just go trade for one of their defensive prospects. I mean, Ryan Suter came out of there, Shea Weber, uh, Seth Jones, Yossi, Eckholm, Ellis, like, dear Ellis,
0: Christ. Yeah, there's some- Hey, and they have old Bruins stud Jeremy Lozon now, too.
2: Bruins legend. That's, that's a Seattle Kraken legend right there, boys. Yeah.
0: How funny. They have the first player drafted by the Vegas Golden Knights, too, Cody Glass, on the roster. Ooh, fun facts. That's a, that's a trivia fact for you. But here we go. Here we go. Fiala traded to the Kings for the 19th overall pick and Brock Faber. I think that's great value for
1: both sides. You agree? Right, it's like Minnesota was in such a pickle. That you had to get rid of them. You're not resigning them. They're yeah. in cap hell. It's they're screwed. Yeah. So you got your best offer. You got it. Is what it is. It's.
0: I think it Brock Faber is going to be a top four NHL defenseman. In the nineteenth pick, you should get a top six forward or top four defenseman. So you got yeah, two players. Yeah. I mean, it's it's.
2: Faber doesn't rank high in the Kings prospect pool, but you have to take that with a grain of salt, seeing how they have yeah. one of the most talented prospect pools yeah, in the, the Kings, NHL.
0: Kings aren't going to be bad for all that long.
1: and oh, no, especially if they're going to get Forsberg too. A lot of rumors, guys, a lot of rumors. I mean, you never
2: know, but... Uh, to put a bow on the, the Fiala trade, Brock Faber is also the captain of, I believe, Minnesota's mm-hmm. hockey team. So he's kind of like the, the homegrown child coming out of Minnesota hockey and then be able to come up through the ranks and be a defenseman, which they need. They're yeah. right now looking at having to trade away money from their back end. You're uh. going to need somebody on an entry-level contract next year or the year after, even.
0: And he and can play. Place. He looked good for Team USA in the Olympics. Like He can play hockey. He really can. I, I think is going to be a good player in the NHL. We're going to go in a little bit of rapid-fire mode here as we pop through some of these next topics. Sharks are in full dump, dumpster-fire mode, but it was nice to see that they hired Mike Greer. I was glad to see him get a chance at the job.
2: Yeah, I mean, they get a tip of the cap. Uh, I believe he's the first... African American general manager in yes. NHL history. Yep. So stick taps to the Sharks for being there with that. Um, but it's uh, sucks to be him. Yeah, I <laughs> I know as bad, bad as that is to say, I mean, he doesn't have a coaching staff right now, so he's got to start with that.
0: He's going to hire. He's going to hire Quinn.
2: He's got. Yes, I agree with you there, awesome and I believe guys. he's the 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 lead candidate there. But you have Brent Burns and Eric Carlson who are on massive contracts and you need to basically get rid of them ASAP.
0: They are literally the iceberg that the Titanic hit for that team.
2: And how do you feel as like Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle signing contract extensions here and everything blew up in a year?
0: Yeah, no, it sucks, but they should have saw it coming like all of us did.
2: Very true. Very fair.
0: Like everyone knew this was coming. No one was going to sit here and be like, the Sharks are on the upswing. It's like, yeah, I'm probably not signing long-term. Probably because San Jose is a great place to live and the money's good. So who cares to those guys? Yeah, but
2: California and the taxes there. Woo!
0: Yeah. But it's, it's a little so bit
2: different when you're a millionaire, I guess. Yeah, but
0: I, don't, I don't Yeah. I mean, I get I mean, the But I'm While least... we're talking about the
2: Sharks, I just want to lay this one little nugget there since I know we have a lot of Bruins fans. <laughs> If Don Sweeney gets axed this year, Doug Wilson's going to be at the top of my list for the next general manager.
0: The guy who signed those terrible deals.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: okay, just checking. All right, Johnny G. Money not the issue. Oh my, your money wasn't the issue. Can yeah. you
1: go off? Yeah, no. So I've been following the John G. Uh, little steaks going on for a little bit now, but. Yeah, so he got offered eight years, nine and a half mil a year. But for him, it comes down. Like, he grew up in Jersey. His wife's pregnant. So it's just going to come down. They want to be around family. You're an insider, Kevin. His wife's pregnant? Yeah. You're on the ground floor. You didn't know it's all about family at this point. It's Where, where do they want to raise their family? Do they want to do a Calgary all the way away from her family, his family? Or you go back to New Jersey – he grew up on the that New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania line, so he's definitely not going to the Flyers now. So, why, why do you think that? Because of their head coach, John G definitely going there.
2: Yeah,
0: you I think he see... doesn't
2: like torts? Whoa, yeah, I don't know.
0: I actually think that the Flyers are thinking he's not going there, and I think that because of the fact that it has been said by multiple people. Very credible sources, the Flyers have been trying to get Brinkett. You're not trying to get Brinkett if you're also trying to get Goudreau. I actually don't sense. agree. You think they're trying to get them both?
2: Yes. And
0: who are because they going to get rid of to make that happen? Kevin James, James
2: Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. He has one year left to yeah. seven million. That would more than yeah, cover you on the DeBrinket it
0: contract. Would it would help. It would help with that. But are you going to go and you're going to give up the fifth overall pick for DeBrinket? Who you're gonna have control over for two seasons? That's a tough risk. That really is. That's a tough risk for a team that has to rebuild soon.
2: I but mean the they Kevin, Hayes, the Kevin Hayes
0: the Kevin Hayes, yeah, the Kevin Hayes contract's the problem there, and Goudreau's not going if Kevin Hayes isn't there. We all know that. There is no Goudreau it, without Hayes.
2: Yeah. The Flyers last year had, I believe, less than five games of Ryan Ellis. As a flyer after they just traded for him, which threw everything out of whack for the entire season. And then obviously, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in the Hayes family. So I'll give him a pass for a lot of last year. Of course, yeah. I think that if they can move James Van Riemsdyk and they can bring on a big name, top notch scorer, I think the Flyers will be in the playoffs next year and i don't even think that's necessarily a wild card pick either i think they could make it in the metro
0: I, it just depends on their defense and how good ellis can really be to me so let, to let's, me. Like do, their, their let's do this little just...
2: project real quick who do you think the top two teams in the metro are i know mine are right off the top of my head
0: uh, for me it's going to be the capitals and, and the no i think it's going to be the capitals and the rangers
2: Okay, I'm going to take Carolina. No, I'm wrong.
0: I'm completely wrong. It's Carolina and the Rangers. I didn't. I'm completely wrong. I forgot about Carolina. So for me, it's definitely Carolina. Carolina
2: and the Rangers are the top two. Then it kind of gets murky. But this is the way I'm looking at it. The Flyers have the overall better talent now than the Penguins and the Capitals. The Capitals aren't going to have Nick Backstrom this year.
0: Yeah, he might not ever come back. But they have Ovechkin.
2: And likely, Evgeny Malkin's probably not coming back to yeah, Pittsburgh.
0: Latang well, signed 7 $8 million, which everyone's saying is a great deal. I'm like, guys. Guys. They must have forgot why, all these injury problems. I would he not give him more than $6 million
1: at all. The interesting thing with the Caps now is... They can bury from nine point two they are. but, like, but what not until the beginning up? of the season. So how what does do that help
0: have, you? Yeah. What do they have coming There's up proof. though? Like they have what's they do have a decent that kid Hendricks Lapierre. I think he's a decent prospect. They do have some guys, but it's like the Caps. Obviously, the, the Caps, Caps goaltender is still the Caps crabbing. had the Caps had their. Yeah. I still, it's hard for me to say they're not going to be a playoff team, and I don't think we can just throw the Islanders out either.
2: I am. 100%. The yeah.
0: Islanders are trash. Yeah, Full disclosure. Connor, Connor hates the Islanders. Lou Lamarillo just, he'll Lou will do something crazy. You know, something crazy's coming. I can't care he's going to sign Leo
2: Komarov to a one year, $2 million deal. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we have given Kyle Palmieri a raise.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's a fossil. But that's the NHL, you know? It's, hey, it's, that's you, the way. Uh,
1: before we get going, some quick shout out. For all you listeners, if you want to see who's on each team and see all the cap situations, if you go over to InsideTheRink.com, we do have a cap, salary cap space, and you can view every team. Uh, we're pretty good about updating as every each deal goes down. So let's head on over to InsideTheRink.com. I'll actually be making a bunch of
2: updates to that page oh, yeah. here shortly.
0: some hard work. Let's just quickly rapid fire through some of the rumors around the league. There's Big no Cavie's rapid rumor, fire,
2: you know. We're gonna Big Kevy's
0: rumor down. rundown. We talked about it last week, but Winnipeg, the whole team's up for grabs. Winnipeg's going to be a fire sale, I think. They hired a new coach, uh, Mister Old Man Rick. Rick Bonus did not see that coming. I thought he was going to be on a boat in Florida or something, calling it quits. But he did say that he was still interested in coaching. At the end of the year, I thought he would be like an assistant coach or something, but he's head coaching again. I think they're going to be absolutely terrible, and he must know that, and he's going in there to cash a quick bag and try to help the old jet skis out. I don't really see anything else happening there. Like Winnipeg is going to
1: be a dumpster fire. Same with the Vancouver uh, fire sale. It's one name off the list now.
0: Yeah, but Vancouver has something that the Winnipeg doesn't have. Vancouver's guys seem to be all right playing there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <But> the <laughs> thing is, the new management's come out, and they want to dump cap space. That's yeah. known right now. But so they, they're gonna, they can dump, Miller, they can
0: dump. And they, still and have they wanted to dump com, uh,
2: contracts when they thought that Besser was going to come in at like $8 million plus a year because of his QO. And he signed way less than that. He did him a huge service, right? Yeah. three years,
0: Like they, the thing is with Vancouver is they have a good core to build around. You have Pedersen, you have Besser, and you have Hughes. So if you got to do a quick little retooling here, they can do it. They'll be able so to. So
2: I think you're you're getting just down to it. It's the culture. Like the culture in Vancouver is established. Yeah. And it flows through the players. Yeah. Winnipeg. Winnipeg hasn't like they just see, showed up from Atlanta in 2011 2012 and, and they,
0: they were a hot ticket for a couple of years they're doing the whiteouts they're doing a good job Winnipeg was happy to have hockey back and then like the players remembered. then like, you threw like, the
2: tracksuit into the showers and it's went downhill from yeah, there
0: you guys bullied Evander Kane that saint of a human who's like <laughs> Connor McDavid's bestie we're just it's kidding. It's it a, it a joke. It is a joke. But still, like Winnipeg, I think what <laughs> happened really is your city's super boring and guys hate living there. And it's caused the team to suck.
2: Holy shit. Does he you hate know, the Jets more die. than I hate the
0: Islanders? <laughs> you no, know, like I just I really feel that way. Like, I don't like give me one team that's great in the NHL that has an awful city.
2: Arizona Coyotes. They're
0: terrible. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like these places are terrible. Like like Ottawa oh, Senators these, right now? Yeah, like, like think like listen, like these are the think about the teams you consider the premier franchise right now. Colorado, Colorado Avalanches. Avalanches. Colorado Avalanche, great city. The Boston Bruins, great city. New York Rangers, the Rangers great city.
1: Montreal. The
0: Tampa Bay, amazing city. The Toronto Maple Leafs, amazing city. These are the premier franchises. Why? Because they're in a great city. Winnipeg? Eh. Not so much. Even Dallas. Dallas. Great city. LA. LA. Great city. Winnipeg? Eh. Chicago? Eh. Chi-town. Chi-town. Anything's up for grabs in Chicago. One thing that was kind of funny that we heard. Tony D'Angelo was given permission to talk contract with other teams. You think everyone's still gonna be like, nah, man, sorry. Nope. Someone's gonna take him.
2: Somebody's gonna sign that dude to a four out of five million a, a year yeah. contract.
0: He's a good player. He's a good player. I think he got a he's bad, just a complete scumbag. Yeah, like he just he has a bad, like just streak in him where I think he wants to be alright. And then like you'll just see it though. Like in a seven game series, it'll come out. He can't handle it. He well, can't and he's handle the Evander Kane. He's <laughs> his the... brain melts.
2: He's the Eastern Conference version of the Evander Kane. His teammates hated him, so they got rid of him.
0: And it's funny because like not everyone did though. Because like Kevin Hayes, before all like the racism stuff came out, was like publicly defending him. Like I remember being like, "He's an all right guy." Like he like said it on chicklets, and then like all the like stuff came out about like everything that happened, and like slowly all those guys were like, "All right, he might not be the best guy." <laughs> like it was just well, that's like,
2: just NHL players. Oh, yeah. being. NHL players and they will never turn their back on another player until like the, the goose is cooked. And then once the goose is cooked, they're like, Whoa, whoa. I don't you know, all the times that I've been
0: around him yeah, he's never like, been like that. Like, he was trafficking guns and heroin. They're like, ah, all right. So like he just we thought he'd like to play cards. Man, all right. Yeah, he needs help. Speaking of that, let's talk about the NHL draft. Connor. Who is your number one overall pick? Shane Wright. Kevin, who's your number all number one overall pick?
1: I feel it has to be Shane Wright.
0: You guys are gonna ask me who my number one overall pick is? So Jake, hey, who's hey, your hey, number
1: Jake. one overall pick?
0: Slafalsky.
2: Slavkovsky. Yeah, Jesus.
0: Slavkowski. I'm looking Slap. at him right in front of me. I All I've heard him called is Slaff. Everyone's just calling him
1: Slaff. Yeah, who wants to spell that?
0: So I heard that he is considered an absolute unicorn. He can play left wing, right wing, and center. He's bigger, and he's going to be better than Shane Wright. And the Montreal Canadiens know that to the point where they're willing right now to try to get the second overall pick, two so they can take both of them. So they can get Shane Wright, the golden boy, from Canada, the guy who can be their their French speaking hero, but they know that Slav is the better player. So right I think it's now. interesting to watch. Yeah, well, right now, doesn't mean
2: right now. However, Slavkowski is
1: a winger.
0: Yeah, but he can play. It's it's known he can play all three. I heard multiple people say but he
1: hasn't played center in a little bit. A little bit. It's not his yeah. favorite. Dog. But
0: he's a big dog. He can play
1: it. But he doesn't like to. Listen. Big difference.
0: Listen to me. Listen here. I heard it's 50-50 right now on who they're going to pick.
1: If if you
2: told me that I am Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes and I have the number one and the number two pick in the NHL draft this year, I am taking, in no certain order, Shane Wright and Logan Cooley.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't no, even I mean, touch So, would I. so would Logan I, Cooley I to I New Jersey. So the thing is with Logan Cooley, and here's the biggest thing with it, Kent Hughes knows him very well. Those guys, had, and so does Gordon. They had him in the Team USA program. They've known him for eight, a long time. I wouldn't completely count him out either. I really wouldn't. He's one of their guys. That's a kid that they, those two worked with growing up. They helped develop. And if he's not picked there, you know that the other two are more talented than him because nobody knows him better than them. You know what I mean? That's like one way to really look at it.
2: Yes and no. He has the pure talent.
0: Pure talent. He, he has the, the pure talent he does. He are, that uh, will I mean, make overall him play. better than
2: the other two. Yeah. 100%. What I think is going to be wild is this NHL draft has no consensus pick at virtually any freaking number in the first round.
0: Yeah. The it is going to be
2: the absolute wild, wild west in this draft. And I think that's going to spur on more trade talk and more potential trades than anything.
0: Like if you, so like the tier system, like how their final tiers, right. That's like Shane White, right. In his own tier. And then tier two is like Cooley, Nemec and slaff Right. But I mean, the Canadians could use a freaking defenseman too, like just as much, especially with Jeff Petrie, who's probably going to be gone. Right. Like they could use, they could use other pieces. The Canadians need a lot before they're going to be really back to being a top level team. And even in, the, like, the second groups, like, I think Savoy is pretty good. I also think Cutter, Goffier is pretty good, too. Like, there, there are people who, like, have good upside. Frank Nazar is good upside from Team USA. So,
2: here's something to chew on. Look at pick number eight in Detroit. I wouldn't be shocked if that pick was in play. Yeah,
0: if they can get an NHL-ready player. I've heard and it I more.
2: And I think – you could look at a Jeff Petrie plus from the Canadians. And that would be something that Detroit's looking for because they are notably out there. And this is a rare occasion that somebody actually hears something out of Stevie Eiserman's camp, but they want somebody who is a veteran presence, who is a good defenseman to be able to come in and work with cider as he progresses.
0: Yeah. I know. I don't, think You're wrong there. I do think if they make that pick at eight, you're gonna be looking at um Jonathan Letteramaki coming off the board, the top-ranked um, center from Switzerland. Not Switzerland, Sweden. I meant Sweden the whole time. Just can't tell. I'm tired. It's 10:43. I'm usually asleep for like an hour at this point. <laughs> I'm so tired. But like, yeah, I, I, I think we can see him come off the board. And another thing, just to add in, I don't think we're gonna see many Russians taken in the first round. I think we could see a Russian free first round, even with three players with a lot of upside. Yurov has a lot of upside, and so does Morishchenko. A lot of upside.
2: So go ahead and ex- expound upon that topic, because I think we should at least spend a few minutes here talking about yeah, this and, then we're and call why it. in the background, because so the, this the is kind of a big is, deal.
0: The problem is Russia is not allowing their players to come back to the United States and the United States isn't exactly making it easy for Russians to come back here either. So most of these guys are home and it's going to be a big problem getting them here because... because they're going to send them to war in Ukraine. They are calling them defectors, right? Is that more or less what's happening? They just did it to an Islanders prospect. Am I wrong?
2: uh I believe it was a Flyers prospect. Flyers it was a Flyers prospect
0: goalie. He uh, was trying to leave Ska Moscow, right? Or CS Yeah so essentially
2: or... in Russia you have to military. provide military service to the country.
0: The is considered military service.
2: Yes. If you're a Russian hockey player, your military service gets credited for playing on certain teams in the league. And this player played on CSKA. I think I've got that right. You're right. Um, And that should have counted for his his military service. However, with the war in Ukraine and the rest of the world taking the stance upon Russia and the way they do, including pretty much every feeder league to the NHL for prospects and the NHL themselves, I think the last kind of – you know, kick at the can was the Stanley cup's not going to go to Russia this year. Um, So now Vladimir Putin and Russia are kind of, you know, taking their opportunity and they claimed that this person is skipping military service by leaving CSKA to go sign his contract and play in North America for the flyers. And they detained him and they sent him to a military camp to be trained In the Russian Navy. How much does that suck. To go from NHL top prospects. To. I am now in the Russian Navy.
0: And I do genuinely worry. For these kids. That them getting drafted to an NHL team. And trying to come here. Could have the same result for them. As much as I think we're all probably pretty. On the same opinion. of How we feel about Russia in this moment. These 17 year old kids. A lot of them. I don't want to see them just thrown into the military against their will. Obviously, you know what I mean? It's such a political topic that we try to kind of stay away from on this podcast. But like it's it's human rights here.
2: I yeah, mean, I mean, it's it, like,
0: God damn it. Like, it it's, just it's kind just such of a sucks mess.
2: that it has to go here.
0: It has to, though. It has to because it, we don't even know if some of the Russian players are going to get back to the United States. Ilya Sororkin's missing. The Islanders don't even know where the dude is. Right? Like, am I wrong with that? Like, I read that on Twitter today. I mean, maybe I'm reporting something. I, th- I think
2: that he's been posting where he was.
0: Yeah, it's just like he's not. And then
2: they made a comment that he will not be spending any of his offseason from this point forward in Russia. So it sounds like when all of this stuff started to go down, um, and I believe uh, Pierre Lebron shared a story from The Athletic about this, um, a lot of these NHL general managers and these player agents are telling their Russian players not to go to Russia. They're saying, we know, we mm-hmm. understand that you haven't been there in two to three years because of COVID, but you cannot go back there right now, or you may not ever come back.
0: Meanwhile, Ovechkin's just playing professional soccer, scoring goals, chugging beers. <laughs> He'll be back. Russia's, I mean, Ovi's Putin's boy. Russia will be on the first PJ. Russia. I can't speak more one of them. Oveshkin will be the here. first Russian back on a PJ on his way back over to Vic. I'm home, boys. Back to Washington. <laughs> see the Americans. Drink the Bud Light. Oh, man. All right. That's it. We're ending it there. We're in it. We're done. Panarin definitely didn't go back to Russia. I can nope. insider source tell you that. Panarin didn't go. He's a big for US, U.S. guy. Oh, he loves the U.S. Thank you for listening to episode 31. If you're still listening, wow. Really, thank you. And um, We love you long time. We see you next week. Have a week. great week. Give us a follow at mm-hmm. Cue the Duckboats with a Z on the Twitter.